Are you ready for pain? Are you ready for suffering? If the answer is yes, then you're ready for Captain Freedom's workout. Yes, it's America's yeah. own Captain Freedom. That's the ticket. No pain, no gain. Welcome once again to another episode of By God Almighty! By God Almighty! By God Almighty! Wrestling Review, the show where we have a few lovely cans. Yeah, uh, lovely cans. And chat about and give our thoughts on wrestling pay per views of yesteryear, pay per view by pay per view. My name is Graham, and as always, I'm joined by Dave. Hello! And Dermot. Hello! This episode, we are taking our first foray into the NWA, which would later be WCW. And, um, what does this make of it? Looking forward to it? I am looking forward <laughs> to it. It's uh, presented very differently to everything we've watched up yeah, to this point. Very much yeah. so, yeah. It's a lot more kind of uh, almost down to earth, a little bit, isn't it? Mm. Kind of, well, like as, as, as down to earth as wrestling can be, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's presented yeah. more like a real sport. Rather than larger than life characters, but then at the same time you have uh, an old match where people are getting thrown off really high things for no particular reason. Yeah, so like, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, well, it makes somewhat no sporting. Yes, right. So let's get it. Let's get it on. Yeah, it's NWA Starcade '87, Shy Town Heat. November 26th, 1987, it's Thanksgiving, in the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois, in front of an attendance of 8,000. It was on the same night as the WF's Survivor Series, but we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, Starcade is basically Jim Crockett Promotions and the NWA's answer to WrestleMania, or equivalent of WrestleMania, because it actually predates WrestleMania by two years. They had their first one in 83, but this is their first leap into the world of pay-per-view. Certainly a much uh, smaller attendance. Yeah, than the WF's been yeah, pulling. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, our commentators for the evening are a very young, mustachioed Tony Schiavone, who I've always, in my head, is always the, the voice of WCW. Yeah. You know, that sort of way. And then his partner is the man who gave us the name of this show, Mr. Jim Ross. You have to thank him for that, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Thank, yeah. thank, thank, thank you, Jim Ross. Pre-Stetson pre wearing and Bell's palsy yeah. attack. I don't mean that. I don't. Not first. I want to say it. Yeah. He, he talks very differently. Oh, you got Bell's palsy. You had Bell's palsy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> slag. Like, <laughs> well, the way you just said it there sounds exactly <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> they did. Much did use it as a slag. Yeah, the other character called Oklahoma. <laughs> had 
Bell's palsy. But like, yeah, like Jesus. The, the commentators in this show are important because, like, well, like we were saying, it's such a different presentation to WWF, and the commentators just present everything so seriously in this. Yeah, yeah, they do. I don't think Tony Schiavone has really found his feet yet. He's obviously young in the business, and he kind of just says things, and then he'll throw it over to Jim Ross, who'll then do his job of being great. Yeah, Jim Ross is pretty much the play-by-play and the colour man, and Schiavone's just there with a yeah, 70s porn star moustache. Um, they tell us that, like, Missy Hoya, Bob Coddle, Magnum TA, and someone else maybe is on their kind of uh, production team, but they don't really do much to the rest of the people in the show, especially Missy Hoya. Yeah. Um, the, the the first match that we're going to watch here, Yeah. what did you think? I personally really enjoyed the introductions and Eddie Gilbert coming yeah. from every woman's dream. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the first match is a six-man tag pitting Rick Steiner, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert and Larry Zbysko against Sting, Michael P.S. Hayes and gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. Uh, the reason for it is that... oh. Yeah, a little bit of background. Uh, Jim Crockett has just recently purchased the UWF Universal Wrestling Federation. So a lot of wrestlers and titles and storylines have jumped over from there. So what was the case with Steiner and Sting with the UWF Tag Team Champs? They lost the belts and Gilbert was their manager. And Gilbert and Steiner turned on Sting as they blamed him for the loss. So Sting turned face and then they had this big match. Which, um, yeah... How over was Sting with that fucking crowd? So stop. Every time crazy. he gets involved, they just go nuts. They go bananas. I think it's because of the rat tail. <laughs> you mentioned just there a moment ago that Eddie Gilbert was from every girl's dream. Yeah. Where Sting isn't from every, every man's, man's nightmare. nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting that as this match is starting, like the crowd isn't full yet. There's still they empty seats. Yeah, there's still people kind of coming in, but yeah. uh, Sting is really, really over. But I think the main like star of this show is Michael Hayes' dance moves. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not even in shape, and he like, no. and he's still over as fuck. Uh, th- this is actually our first ever dive. Sting does the first ever dive for BGA. First ever dive on pay per view. Yeah, um, and the production crew miss it. Because yeah, Rick Steiner is outside and then you just see Sting kind of falling from the sky above him and that's Con- about it. Considering like the uh, time period, like 1987, he does a dive, he also does a missile dropkick. Um, I don't know, there weren't many people doing missile dropkicks. That's they weren't, they Sting's weren't one that was sort of not the, uh, no. the prettiest one, but it gets a huge reaction. Uh, a few things I have about it is um, Rick Steiner's odd boots. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I didn't I, even notice that. <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off. I was like, what the is he wearing odd boots for it was it was a bit of a strange one but it's Rick Steiner in general like look at yeah, him Rick Steiner, yeah. he looks like he's just wearing a pair of boxers like but um, from Rick Steiner I actually have a uh, quote from JR and I think it's great he just says I think Rick Steiner was doing a belly to belly or a bear hug and the, the shot was from behind him and he just says he's got a wingspan Tony he got a wingspan yeah <laughs> you could show a movie on that back. <laughs> Traps and his lats were so he was in such good nick, especially when you look at guys like um, and this isn't anything to take away from them as wrestlers, but like Zabisco, Garvin, and Hayes are not yeah. in the same shape no. as Sting and Steiner, they are monsters. Uh, another thing we should point out about this show is uh, I think we might want to keep a running count on the mullets. There's two in the oh first match. Oh my god, the hair man! A lot going on. It's very, I think that was probably my Sting, favorite part about this Sting whole show. Has the, Sting has the rat tail. Uh, Zabisco has a kind of mullet going on. Gilbert's hair isn't too bad, is it? I suppose, but it's 
so much. Michael stuff. Hayes has yeah. a mullet. Yeah, I'll call it mullet. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's yeah, okay. So we what we we go two in the first match. Two in the first we can match. Keep a yeah. count. What? What did you? What, what did you make of the match? The actual in-ring action, as opposed to all the city belief stuff. For point um, like I thought the in-ring action was pretty good. Like we say every show, we want the opener to like set the yeah. pace. Yeah. And I, I thought the actual it. wrestling was quite good. I thought like the continued announcing of how many minutes were gone in the match. Yeah. It really kind of took away from it, and you could really see the time limit draw coming. What I liked about that, though, I generally I hate that, and I agree with you. But they did it for every match. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, true. Yeah. Because I've I've seen other pay per views that I've randomly watched, and let's say there's a time limit drawn. No other match on the card have they gone five minutes elapsed, ten minutes remaining, etc. Yeah. Like that. So I understand what you mean, but that's what I was waiting for. I was like, the announcer saying how long is elapsed and how long remaining gives it away. But then the fact that it happened. In, every, in every other match, I was kind of like, yeah, well, they're covering it up. If yeah. they were gonna do it that way, I think it would have been better to have the time limit draw later on the show, so you're building up the idea that yeah, match they're yeah. announcing it, but that yeah. doesn't necessarily. I understand. Be no, time I, I agree with you there. I that thought it was a, better. it was a strange finish for the opening match. Yeah. I thought, and for a match that like had gone on for for quite a bit of time, and it was like pretty high impact and high octane and everything. Yeah, exactly. And then a time limit draw. You know, that was a bit. And I think I think for the most part, I'm gonna have the same opinion of most of the matches for this show. It was pretty good in ring. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's it, isn't it? It's, it's not. It's a di- like we said, different product. Just very they're, different. They're product. promoted more as legitimate sports people than they are as these characters. Yeah. You know, these loot. Like, there's no. As far as I can remember, I know later on I might have to eat my words, but there's no like. Adrian Adonis no, no. <laughs> yeah. you know, so, don't get me wrong there's flamboyancy everywhere yeah, yeah. you know like Michael Hayes doing this strut and flicking his hair and all that stuff and same with Flair and Dusty later on but in Positive. general and Michael Hayes doing a moonwalk across the ring but th- th- that's what any cocky person yeah, can do whereas yeah. they're not dressed like you know like Sting is probably the most flamboyant or the most outlandish character on the show and he's, he's still pretty normal yeah yeah, 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 yeah that's it like but yeah, the match came to a close at fifteen minutes via a time limit draw. Um, I'd also like to point out that referee is that retarded referee from the wrestling classic. I fucking knew it. Yes. I knew it. He is so old, and it takes him so long to get yeah. down to make. Because I think at this time. at this point in time, wrestling promotions were still trying to say it was real. Yeah. So and guaranteed contracts weren't given out by promotions, so referees just got a job wherever they walked and this Same. lad is from Chicago yeah. so he did the wrestling classic which was in Chicago and Wrestlemania the Chicago, Illinois part yeah. of Wrestlemania too so that's obviously why he's working this card and I think he, this is the only match he works which oh, I was I could be wrong the second match as well I think he's two in a row maybe but it was very limited yeah. which I was very pleased to see before we head on to the second match uh, we go back to Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross who tell us Missy Hoyt is Near the dressing rooms, not in the dressing rooms, near. with a particular rest- near them. So we cut to Missy, who's got an NWA backdrop behind her, and she basically tells us nothing. I'm Missy Hyatt, and I want to personally welcome everybody to Starcade 87. And there is so much excitement going on around here. I'm sure everyone that's at home, and if you're viewing at closed circuit, I'm sure you can feel the excitement there. We've already seen one great match, and we have got so many more. You're going to be seeing Ric Flair and Ronnie Garvin going up again, and we're going to be seeing a whole lot more. So let's go back to Tony and Jim. 
just tells us that we're all really excited and that there's lots of fun to come up twice and then she hands it back off to, to, to Jim and uh, it's as if she's panicking she's like let's go back to the guys at the desk <laughs> yeah and as far as like people who are going to be backstage and say nothing and say it a lot she's no Lord Alfred Hayes Mm-mm. no if look Lord Alfred Hayes is great because he's a cutie boy <laughs> okay. don't get me wrong Missy Hoya at this point in her life was attractive oh yeah she's gorgeous but I don't care. Yeah, fuck it, man. Because she still did nothing. She could. It wasn't interviewing anybody, or wasn't t- like the, this new thing. That, like there's a stipulation out of it or anything. It was just literally. This is staircase. Some tits. All right. <laughs> and then, yeah. Tits is that one all right? Yeah. The second match of the evening is for the UWF heavyweight title, and it is the champion, Doctor Death, Steve Williams, defending against the challenger Barry Windham. Um, as I said before. The UWF had just recently been purchased by Jim Crockett Promotions and they brought over a few titles. Apparently, Dr. Death was pissed off that he wasn't getting a match with the likes of Flair or the champ Ron Garvin because he thought the UWF belt was kind of on par with that calibre of wrestler. Yeah. But Jim Crockett had uh, different ideas. And I'm going to be honest, I think he was right. Yeah. And Barry Windham also has a title here. Yeah. But it's, it's not on the line. It's, yeah. um, I looked it up. It's... I'm going to have to... The UWF Western States Heritage title. Which may as well be the champion of wiping our arse. Like, that's... <laughs> Have you never heard of that belt before? <laughs> I haven't. One of my favourites. Oh, <laughs> <and>, uh, <laughs> has a long and important lineage. I looked it up and uh, a while later it changed hands a few times after this. Eventually, yeah. Larry Zabisco got it and then it just went into retirement. No one ever spoke of it again. I hope they just yeah. It got, it got Larry Zabisco stank on it. No one wanted. Yeah. It. I like Larry Zabisco. I liked Larry Zabisco. Oh, he was nice very long, guy. very boring. What did you guys make of this match anyway? A garbage. Yeah. Did you? Pure garbage. I didn't I, think it was that I bad. The, oh, no, shit. I like the subtlety of it because like they have a face versus face match, which is difficult to do in the ages. Difficult to yeah, do in very the 80s. much so. And I like the way like they just did little things to show like that they were both trying to be sound to each other but at the end of the day only one of them was defending his title so mm. he was the one who was no it was, a, like it, was, it was a really good start I'll, I'll kind of try and cut through it as quick as I can yeah they shake hands they're mates you know they're, they're trying to be two good guys wrestling like a wrestling match and like a few things happen like uh, they spill out of the ring and Barry yeah. Windham kind of stops them saying let's not brawl outside let's go back in and wrestle yeah. like men and they're like cool and then Doctor um, Death goes for a leapfrog. Yeah, exactly. Wyndham's head catches him in the balls, so he sells it. And Wyndham's being sound, and he backs off into the corner. And, and he, like, he asked the ref not to stop. Yeah, the and, and he said, "Let's recuperate." But then Wyndham flies over the top rope when he misses a crossbody, hits a table, and is injured. And as he's crawling back in the ring, Doctor Death doesn't do the same thing. Yeah, and let him recuperate. He immediately rolls him up in a type of Oklahoma roll and pins him and retains his belt. A really good story to book, I think. Like a really good yeah, way yeah. to book a match, a face versus face match, sportsmanship. But then, well, like only one pair, like one of them is going to be the, grab the opportunity. Yeah, well, only one of them had something to lose because he, yeah, he had yeah, to defend yeah. his title. No, like. see, the story is great. Yeah, but I thought it was executed poorly. Yeah, well, I, I thought like they started off really quick and then it just slows down a lot. But I think the main thing that kind of this match has gone for it is how good Jim Ross is he really gets oh, the story stop. of it across and makes yeah. it interesting that's, yeah, but even that's, though the match wasn't okay. great I really didn't like the match um, I also need to point like this is nothing towards match I fucking hate wrestlers who wear cowboy boots I just, <laughs> they just look 
awful. Like, what are you doing? What I what pissed me <laughs> off was uh, Doctor Death constantly talking about the Sooners. And, yeah, uh, it's like last week I was in a you know the oh, Sooners were in a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah we we get, you're from Oklahoma. Okay, cool. Yeah. Get over yourself. One thing uh, I was just trying to figure out. I was kind of interested about Doctor Death and the nickname, so I looked up where it came from. Did you? Did you ever hear? Oh, I this? looked it up. But God, it's, it's, it's for the listeners. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so he was. This is the story I saw. Anyway, he was in like a high school amateur wrestling match. And he had a, like, a nosebleed. And like they kept trying to like stop the match. And he was like, no, no, I want to continue. And they were trying to stop the bleed. And it wouldn't stop. So eventually he like, put on a hockey goalkeeper mask. Like, and, like a Jason Voorhees. Yeah, kind of thing, yeah. Like, and yeah. finished the match. And his mate just said, you look like Dr. Death. And the nickname stuck. But like, the fact, that he, the fact that he brought it into his... Uh, <laughs> yeah, his that's pretty, yeah, that's yeah, pretty it cool. Is a good yeah, yeah. And, I, and the thing is, I know for a fact both these men are talented. And can put on a good match. Yeah. But for whatever reason... I don't think they gelled very well. I don't think it just didn't. It just did nothing for me. I think it was definitely one of the more forgettable cards in the match, yeah, or yeah. match on the cards. Oh, yeah, excuse yeah, yeah. me. Um, yeah, yeah. It was kind of. It, it was just a match that happened, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, it wasn't yeah, anything yeah. special. Uh, this one came to a close at seven minutes and two seconds when Steve Williams got Barry Windham in an Oklahoma roll and pinned him for the three count. And he's from Oklahoma. Oh yeah, you got me. Fuck you. You're fucking sooners. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing I, the one positive I'll say of this match is it actually felt shorter than seven minutes in my eyes. I don't. Know, I was like, it was over, and I was like, how the hell was that seven minutes? It was just a match, and that was that, and I'd probably never watch it again. <laughs> Match number three is a Skywalkers match, which is just a gimmick to name for a scaffold match. If you've never seen a scaffold match or heard of it, it's basically, literally a scaffold is built above the ring like you'd see on a building site. And the objective is to throw your opponent, or in this case, if this match goes to match opponents, off it to the ring floor down below. This is the Midnight Express. Beautiful Bobby Eaton and Sweet Stan Lane versus the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. The Midnight Express are the US Tag Team Champs, but the titles are not on the line. The background of this is the Midnight Express, being the US Champs, thought they should be forced in line to get a shot at the World Tag Team titles and were pissed off. They didn't, so they basically cost the Rock and Roll Express the World Tag Team titles to the Four Horsemen. So the Rock and Roll Express want revenge in the worst way possible by throwing them off a big scaffold. <laughs> Fair enough, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. What did you guys think of this match anyway? A little disappointing. Yeah. Because when I was seeing Skywalkers or scaffold matches, I was like, deadly. I thought it was going to be... No, this is going to sound bad. Like, obviously, these people are putting their body on the line for me, but I thought uh, the Rock and Roll Express go over. Some Midnight Express lives. I thought the bumps of Beautiful yeah. Bobby and Sweet Stan were a little lacklustre. I'm not asking them to fucking kill themselves, but it was a bit shit yeah yeah. I was I was also like I thought like it was a bit of a letdown but more so because um, like I've heard so much about these two teams and I've never really seen that much of them and I would have just preferred to see them actually wrestle 
like because I'm sure in like 1987 this was a really big deal like but the whole match is built up around this like tension of getting to the point where the bump is going to happen but like we've seen Mick Foley get thrown off a hell in a cell I know yeah. seen all these obviously that's like matches. 10 12 years later but and like yeah but like these bumps like they're being built up for so long and like it's just they're hanging off the scaffold and it's a little and then they fall to their feet yeah. and do a, do a roll like, it's, it's yeah. not like there's not much happening and then there's no real wrestling in the match yeah that's what, that's, that's what I that. found really strange about it even bar the whole the, the shit bumps of them falling off and they're kind of hanging off the scaffold and all it, the match was all over the place I thought yeah. like there was no kind of it was literally continuity it was, to it. It, was it was a brawl just... it was a kick punch brawl <laughs> yeah. on top yeah. of the scaffold and don't get me there was a few times you know they bumped on the scaffold because it was made of steel there was no way it was going through anything and then they kind of hung on the side and he thought they might be going off and I understand how that built holy shit he's going to go off but when they did go off it was crap yeah I mean like I'm sure it's it's just difficult for us to look at it yeah it's, all it's a match that doesn't age well that's probably that's good uh, for it it was a lot better but yeah no it doesn't it doesn't hold up now with all the things we have seen but it, it does add three more mullets to the mullet count yeah <laughs> so and we're on five mullets are we on five mullets now <laughs> uh, another thing just when we were watching it back I just wanted it we haven't really mentioned it like how different it was from WWF the other thing that was different is the production value in NWA just it's yeah. not nearly the same as WWF no. like, there's no kind of vignettes building up to the match yeah when they come out it's like it's just every time it's just dark loads way too Although, much smoke you can't really see what's well, going on well the WF had no lights and no smoke don't worry, I, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. about too much smoke but I like the lights at least. I don't know like, the like, I, I like the effort but like it was kind of difficult to see what was actually going on I did, I did enjoy a young Jim Cornette as well yeah, yeah. Just, can we also young big boss man young big boss man playing big Bubba Rogers in the corner of the Midnight Express I did not know that yeah. Yeah. and also Earl Hebner in a not technically a WCW ring, but Earl Hebner in a WCW ring, let's just yeah. say. Yeah. That was a bit of a strange one. Well, w on the cans. exact... Oh, I don't have a can. Oh, cans. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I left out. Well, on the exact same night as Twin Brother Dave was over in WF. Wrestling Night for Survivor Series. Yeah, series. yeah but, um, yeah, kick punch. Do you think this brought the shy town heat? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it did. No, no, no definitely not. No, no, um, Lackluster is the key word. Yeah, but the, like, to be fair, the crowd did seem to be quite into it. But the um, Rock and Roll, the Rock and Roll Express are the eighties version of Face Shawn Michaels. I feel. Yeah. You know our boards love them. Yeah. They fucking love them, and they're like the yeah. Hardy Boys from. Yeah, they're the Hardy yeah, Boys of the eighties. Yeah. The, the girls, they love them, and they wear like the fucking toyoid bands around their arms or their heads or whatever the thing is and it's good yeah can we can we keep a, a separate count uh concurrently to um the the mullet count i'm pretty certain there's a blade job in this match i would believe you yeah i think, I so. think are there is a, are we doing a blade job count the fucking amount of blade jobs in this show <laughs> there's like four or five of them i was like okay yeah it kind of devalue it a little bit after yeah. a while i, I, I also, think there is a blade job in this match yes yeah, i also like the way uh the midnight express were accompanied by uh, Jim Cornette, but Jim Cornette was accompanied by Bubba Rogers. Oh, they get him. He wasn't accompanying them, he was just accompanying Jim Cornette to keep him safe. I've just noticed in my notes there that I actually have the term blade jobs galore. <laughs> so I suspect it's a four way blade job. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, well, let's put the count at four. Yeah, let's put it at four. Um, it didn't bring the shy town heat, but it wasn't bad either. I don't no, think. it wasn't it was, bad. It was, don't worry, it's going to be difficult to walk a fucking match. What actually, what actually happened is, 
and it, I've seen other scaffold. I've seen this scaffold match in ECW in like the mid nineties. And I think what made it easier to take a stupid bump was the addition of tables. Yeah. Because tables, albeit painful and mad to go through, will break your fall. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've seen one in like some, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube, it was Brian Lee versus Tommy Dreamer. And now ECW scaffold was not as good as the NWA. No. It was like a swinging bridge from the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> and Tommy, Brian Lee's like hanging on for dear life and Tommy Lee like pounds him with the punches and then he eventually lets go and just takes a back bump. But because there's so many tables... Fine, but obviously in this case, taking a back bump from legitimately, I'd say, fifteen feet above. To the yeah, yeah, yeah. So this match came to a close. Sweet Stan had already been bumped off, and then Bobby Eaton was eventually dropped off at nine minutes and thirty-five seconds after the match. Jim Cornette is pissed, so he sends Big Bubba up to take care of the rock and roll. But as Big Bubba gets to the opposite side. Robert Gibson leaps down and Ricky Morton kicks Big Bubba in the bollocks and then jumps off as well. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. That's actually probably one of the best bits of the match. The ending. Yeah. After that match, we go backstage and there's an interview with Michael Hayes, Precious and Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. Although Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin does all the talking. He talks for, I don't know how long. I'd say, I'd say six minutes. I'd say six to seven yeah, minutes. Yeah. And I have to give it to him. He keeps fucking talking. He doesn't take a breath. He puts over the NWA and the entire roster and the entire show. And the reason being for that is because on the exact same night, Thanksgiving, which is a big thing in America, it's probably like, in fact, in some people's it's bigger than Christmas in some yeah. Americans, uh, where everybody's together, so they, they'd get together and watch whatever, Jim Crocker promotions. And the WF was promoting Survivor Series the exact same night. And Vince being Vince, the bloodthirsty, merciless, ruthless bastard he is, he told pay-per-view providers that if they ran Starcade, he would not give them the rights to run WrestleMania for the following year. So only like a, ha- a small handful of pay-per-view providers ran Starcade. Jesus, something else. He's, he's, he's some he's lethal, isn't he? He's absolutely <laughs> lethal. He is. So like that's part of why Jimmy Garvin was putting over the entire show, but also he had to talk for ages because they had to take down the scaffold from the previous match. What did you make of his long-winded uh, promo? Albeit, I liked it. I think I liked yeah, it. Yeah, no, but I think you hit the nail on the head there with the yeah. word, with the term "long-winded." It was. It went on. I think it went on for a bit too long, and I appreciated yeah. the uh, the sentiment that he was trying to get across and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and what I really enjoyed at the end of it, he's like, "You're going to tell me that I'm, I'm been, been talking for too long here now, but I'm going to say that I'm going to stop." That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was really good. Cool. Yeah, that was that was kind of funny. Uh, he was putting over the fact that his brother yeah, Ron yeah. Garvin was in the main event yeah. of his world title and they look nothing like each other but in reality Ron Garvin is in fact his stepdad fuck off <laughs> well they're not brothers it's a, a kayfabe brother thing they are re- technically related because Ron Garvin is married to his man so because they definitely looked nothing like nah, each other nah. but yeah it was good um, and after that was a Doctor Death promo which was shit. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 where he starts going on about the uh, the Sooners, the, the Sooners, and he kind like, of fucking mumbles and stumbles, and you're kind of like, listen. But to be honest with you, though, it was the worst promo out of like all the promos in this show. Are actually, not many promos, but, no, the but, the, but all of them are. They're pretty good. They're, yeah, they're pretty good. I thought it wasn't uh, like the executioner at WrestleMania. One. No, no, oh, Jesus. Like this was a live promo. Re- executioner at WrestleMania one. Or you haven't seen it, uh, go back and watch our first episode. Junkyard Dog. Was that WrestleMania 2? Not any fucking WrestleMania. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 
so after that we have match number four so we're over halfway through which shows the difference in the product because WF have had like 12 matches on the last two pay-per-views yeah and, no. this, and this one has seven matches oh, like almost half the amount of matches you can kind of see they go for quality over quantity yeah you know most certainly so the next match is a television title unification match it is the UWF television champion Terry Taylor against the NWA television champion the Russian nightmare Nikita Koloff the background to this one is Nikita Koloff won the television title off Tully Blanchard three months previous in August of 1987 then when the UWF was bought and their wrestlers were brought in Terry Taylor stole Nikita Koloff's belt and claimed himself to be the true and one and only television champion so this that's why this unification match was set up okay um, would anybody like to kick us off on what they thought of this match well the first thing that just strikes me again back to how different the NWA is to WWF is like you have Nikita Koloff a Russian lad coming in in a red Russian CCCP top yeah. as the face yeah, this yeah. would yeah. never ever have gone no, for that not even just the face they fucking love him like the only way they screw, like this chat I haven't heard a chant at a WF pay-per-view there's chance of Nikita to yeah, this match yeah. and like if, if Vince had had him and he wanted to turn him face he would have Americanised him he wouldn't have yeah, kept him definitely. as like a Russian but lad he is an American that's the thing yeah yeah we're based on this fucking promo I yeah. hope so anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that like um, uh, Nikolai Volkov is technically from the Soviet Union yeah, yeah. whereas Nikita Koloff is like from Georgia or something. Yeah, I think for me though, like this actually, like I, I really enjoyed the match. I did. did I, thought, you? I, I thought it was a good match. Oh, I thought it was, was fun. Oh, I didn't. Like it wasn't exactly technically proficient or anything like you know, but there was a lot of fucking back. Like oh, I thought it was a bit long. Yeah, it was. It was eighteen minutes and fifty five seconds. That was a long time for like eighteen minutes. Yeah. Oh, Chase didn't feel that long for me. Now, really, I, I felt they walked the arm for so long. Koloff walked Taylor's arm for fucking ages. It really didn't. It didn't um, tickle my fancy. Now, don't get me wrong. There was these portions yeah. of it, like portions of action and excitement and bang, bang, bang. But then they'd go back to working that arm, and I'd be like, "Oh, come on, lads, get up, up the air." I suppose yeah. Like you have the, like the different stages of a match. You have like the opening, and then you have the um, mm. the shine and the heat. The shine. The shine went on for too fucking ages. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. yeah. I like like the the start of the match is really good because both are. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Do you call him fuck off? Nikita fuck off. Well, look at him. He is a big fuck off bastard. He is a fuck off bastard. Um, but like, he just no sells everything, and he is just building yeah. absolute. But <laughs> well, the thing about monster, it is, though, the monster. two guys there, there's not that yeah. much difference but in the them, way right? he's portrayed. You think yeah. he's like about twice the size? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, Terry Taylor doesn't look that intimidating. No, he no, looks. No. He's, he, but I tell you, he's portrayed because he robe. Yeah. old school robe so he's like a pretty boy you know that yeah, sort of way yeah, yeah. and then Nikita is just this just this animal yeah, and he's serious. gonna fucking run through walls and eat nails like and he's getting digged in the head and stuff <laughs> like he's like ah you're still screaming at his, ah. <laughs> unfortunately later on when he's doing his promo he's still just screaming incoherently but uh, I had such a hard time understanding what he was saying hold on wait, 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 wait till we get there yeah like the match it was it was okay. It wasn't amazing. It probably was a bit long, but I liked uh, most of it. I, yeah, I liked it as well. Fuck off is uh, really, really over. Fuck off is so over. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off is over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed the kind of like it, it seemed like 
and we'll, uh, I'm going to come back to this whole high impact thing later yeah. on in the uh, in the card. But I see like there was just a lot of intensity in the actual scrapping between them, like you know. And mm. I, I I enjoyed that, like you know, yeah. I, re- I really did. Um, but 18 minutes is far too long. Far too long. Uh, this would actually be Taylor's only appearance for Jim Crocker Promotions on pay per view. He'd be there for like WCW and still what it was under NWA, but he basically left about a week later after this, I think. Which is whatever. whatever. Left because he was a bit too cocky. Who is that a pun on the fact that he'd become the Red Rooster in WWE? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really has a big scar up his belly. Anybody know what the story is of that? Terry Taylor? Yeah. I didn't notice it. Yeah. I didn't look it up. I'll, I'll look it up for the next one we see him, which is probably around SummerSlam 88, maybe. Which one? Oh, yeah. Some two years' time, maybe. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> two, not two years' time, an hour time, maybe a few months. Yeah. Um, another thing I was talking earlier about how the production crew missed Sting's dive. They also missed a point in this match, which is the kind of the, cut, the heels cut off or like a turnaround point. Where Nikita is chasing Terry Taylor back into the ring, and while while fuck off is on the apron, <laughs> uh, Eddie Gilbert, who's in Taylor's corner, hot stuff, yeah, hot stuff. Eddie Gilbert, he hits uh, Koloff in the knee with a chair, but you don't see it on screen, no. oh, and, you just, and you just see Koloff like stumbling into the ring, and you're like, now Ross and Shivani put it over and explained it yeah, perfectly, yeah. but it's kind of annoying that they didn't capture it on screen for you to kind of gauge what happened. And the match comes to a close, excuse me, when Koloff hits his Russian sickle finisher, which is just a running clothesline, yeah. at 18 minutes and 55 seconds to become the undisputed television champion. is for the NWA World Tag Team Titles. It is the champions representing the Four Horsemen, Tully Blanchard and the enforcer, Aaron Anderson, defending against the hometown boys, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. Yeah. Oof. The one thing I didn't like is because I think we all watch the WWE Network version is because they obviously don't have licensing. Yeah. Uh, they have this Basically, they play the Starcade theme over almost any song when they don't have a license <laughs> yeah. play. So it's just like... It's, it's a bit of a chill, in fairness. It is you hear it a few too many yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Because the Road Warriors do come into Iron Man with Black Star, which yeah. is a fucking seriously intimidating chill. Especially if... <laughs> The two lads who come out of the smoke are the road ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking size of them. Oh, Stop, they're fucking huge. Hold on. They're so well, big. Oh, yeah, actually, the drop kicks they were hitting. For lads, yeah. the lads, that's why they should not be no hitting. No way. Like no way. They are very athletic Fuck. for the size of them. What, they must be like Fuck. pushing 300 pounds. I'd say an- Animal is at least 300, and I'd say Hawk is maybe smaller, 260 to 270. Fuck and me. They are, like, the power moves are unbelievable. Oh, they're athletic. Stupid. They are like we were saying the last thing Nikita was over, but Jesus, the Road Warriors are over. Well, I know they're from Chicago. Hometown, they're from I know Chicago, it's their yeah. Hometown, but fuck me, the reaction they get is yeah. very good. Um, just if you don't mind, if we interject here, oh, uh, camera. 
Yeah, this match is fucking good. Oh, I love this match. This, oh, it was, I thought it was really good. It's it a was, classic Road Warriors match. Yeah, it's just yeah. No, and no. Well, Hawk sells. The first time I've ever seen Hawk sell in my fucking life. <laughs> I mean, like, he sold. But there's also some no selling. And oh, there's some ridiculous. There's no selling, but, power but when they crack his knee over, he hobbles yeah, and yeah. limps and he. But like, I was so amazed. I was like, it's Hawk. Not on drugs or. On, <laughs> I don't know, I'm not sure, but like. Well, like, crazy. The amount of gorilla presses. There's so many gorilla presses. <laughs> and it didn't even look like the lads were helping them. No, look there. No. Look like, I'm just going to pick you up, truly, Blanchard. And that's all you can there's do. Fucking, there's loads of gorilla presses on this card anyway. There's the, like fucking every other so match has like, like, loads of gorilla presses. There's, there's, just so, like, there's so much tricep meat there. <laughs> tricep meat? <laughs> is there a blade job in this match? I don't think there is. No, 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 mullets. There's no, no mullets. No. There's a serious case of... Um, Receding hairlines and ball patches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no! I'm gonna call animals haircut a mullet. I'm gonna call it a mullet. All it's right, like so a mohawk mullet. Yeah, but it's still a mullet. He's a got mullet. short on top and long at back. That's a mullet. Yeah, That's yeah. a mullet. party in the front. So no, no, party in the back business in the front. <laughs> <laughs> David is retarded mullet. Just being shaved yeah. back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and JJ Dillon. He's like. He's the Bobby Heenan of the he NWA. Philip Seymour Dillon, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's a spitting image of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like. He also looks like an angry English teacher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is like, he's at ringside so many times oh. on this night. And, uh, but he's, he's, a di- he's, he's a different guy to Bobby. Bobby yeah. Heenan is this smart ass and has these unbelievable one-liners. Yeah. And James J. Dillon is like this serious down to business. Oh, no, yeah. Like, I, I love his promo. They're really good. Yeah, when we get to his promo, he was fucking sweet. But this match was... It was amazing. I, I, I really, really enjoyed this match. Yeah. I was a little pissed at the finish. Yes. What was it? Remind me of the, the finish. Dusty, the Dusty finish. finish, because Dusty was the booker at the time. Yeah. Um, the ref got knocked outside the ring. And when he was outside the ring, one of the Road Warriors backdropped Aaron Anderson over the top rope. Oh which, yeah, now I remember. Which, because yeah. most people probably wouldn't realize that was a, that's actually against the rules and NWA rules. That's a that's a strange, that's a, a strange rule. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they hit the Doomsday Device on Anderson, pinned him. But Earl Hebner ran in, made the three count. Mm-hmm. But then referee Tommy Young came in and said, "No, Horseman keep the belts yeah, because yeah. the Road Warriors lose points DQ." I think they should have put if they. They should have just put the Warriors over anyway. Yeah, I mean, Even by DQ or count out, like, just to kind of have them win rather than... Yes. Now, in saying that, the Roadway are still the belts. They do, yeah. They're, 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 it's they're, their hometown the and they're the most over team. Like, I, this would have been their I don't, first I don't NWA yeah. tag team challenge. Have them hold it for a fucking week. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to get that pop and get that... You know what I mean? Like, people yeah. be going bananas. There's so much offensive from the, from the Road Warriors, though. Like, yeah, there's yeah. very little from the, uh, the two lads from the Four Horsemen. Like, but there's actually a point where um, one of the warriors is giving uh, Tully Blanchard a bit of a kicking, and Blanchard manages to get over and tag in Aaron, and Aaron just puts his hand on his forehead like I shouldn't have tagged it in. Bollocks! Yeah. And he stands there for a good like twenty seconds, going, "Oh, that was mad stupid tagging." I, I fucking I love Aaron Anderson. I I'm a massive Aaron Anderson. I, Mark. I love him. He's fucking deadly. He's so good. Yeah. Re- oh, oh, I'm always an Aaron Anderson Mark even oh, he's great <laughs> sorry I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm turning into a little queer here but look, it's funny because he's great not to be a queer is a bad thing no, no. that's no. another thing I fucking say every episode <laughs> not to be a queer is a bad thing <laughs> what we 
already saying it's a bad thing. No, I know. I'm just saying I'm pouring into a homosexual because I like Aaron Anderson so much. <laughs> You're the one who's saying it's, uh, that's not a good thing. Like It's like having Bell's palsy. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a comparison. This is my first time watching a lot of NWA and WCW stuff, so I'm, I'm going to be learning as I go, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, the their look is a little bit different to what we'd be used to later on. Like, there's the, obviously the red isn't there. There's no red. Is, and uh, the face, face paint, paint is a bit different. The, it looks, I think it looks better, though. The oh, face yeah. paint isn't as complex, but it's a lot more intimidating in my eyes. Like, Hawks is just black with this yeah, yellow yeah, line. Yeah, in yeah, the I love uh, the classic one. I love the the Legion doing face paint that they With have. Spider in the middle of animals' head yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Okay. You you look at the Road Warriors and you think individually either one of them could have been a main eventer, like the build, the look. Yeah, definitely. Like, tag team wrestling was such a mm. bigger thing back then that well, they could main event as a tag team. Yeah, tag team wrestling was so big. But in saying that, on the next NWA pay per view, which is probably two episodes away. Bunkhouse cow stampede. Uh, Road Warrior Hawk challenges the winner of the main event in this pay per view for the World Heavyweight Title. Mm. Yeah, so they like they do have their singles, singles matches. Yeah. Their singles matches, yeah. So this match came to a close at forty minutes thirteen seconds. Like I said, Warriors originally kind of won it, but then the referee, second referee, came back in and said no, they're actually disqualified, and the Horsemen retained their belts. But the Road Warriors stole the belts. Yeah, and like normally that kind of finish would kind of take away from that, she'd piss you off a bit, but mm. this it was match just was such so a good match. Didn't piss yeah, me off that much. So fairness, yeah. After that match, we go backstage to Jack Gregory and retired wrestler Magnum TA, who just kind of give us an, an analysis of what has happened and the matches that are to come, the two championship matches. And I, I think they do a really good job. Magnum TA, yeah. Uh, he reminds me a bit of Jake the Snake in his look. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Because of that tash. And he's also number seven on our mullet count. Number seven. Number yeah. seven. And he has a lovely watch. Well, he does have a lovely watch. <laughs> yeah. I didn't cop I also like his bow tie. Yeah, I've never heard of Jack Gregory in my life. No. No idea who he is. He's no mean gene. Not many people are, Darren. Not many <laughs> people are. After the promo, oh, I wouldn't really call it promo, after the kind of analysis from Magnum and Jack, we oh. go to Bob Coddle, who gives us an interview with the new unified television champion of the world, the Russian nightmare Nikita Fukov. The worst talking husband of Green Nile for the Super Bowl. For so what to say, in the cross door, four years now that I have been a professional wrestler, I have had many, many, many tough matches. But I want to say something about Terry Tangler. He is a great wrestler. He started a great wrestler. Or he would not have been UWF TV champion. I take nothing away from Terry Tangler. He gave Nakita Korov one of the best matches ever in my career. But now, as all the people can see, now I could not be more happy. Now I have two belts. Two belts, Nakita Korov. But Sharita, Jutoeta, Nakita Korov, who's a UWM, SWA, that now is only one TV champion. One TV champion. And I have to say, to be the only world TV champion, make my heart feel good. 
at this point in my career, comrade. I have to say, it makes my heart feel good to be only world TV champion. There's not only one thing for Nakita Kolov to make Nakita Kolov feel better, and that is someday to be the world heavyweight champion. And I want to say, this is the one half of the superpower, and I believe in the King of Korov, and I believe the last thing I want to say, Juto I believe in Dusty Rose. Spasibo, camera, and I want to say to my fans, Spasibo. Who wants to take this first? Uh, uh, can I, can I just, yeah, like, I couldn't understand a word he was fucking saying up until about maybe, maybe no, a minute in. He is American, and he's trying to do a Soviet accent. No, but he sounds more Asian than Soviet. He does, he sounds like he's from China or something, or like, you know. That's all I hear. It's a a piss poor Russian accent, in all fairness. He he sounds like fucking caveman on cocaine, and he has the crazy eyes just like. Caveman on cocaine. You know what he does? I don't think he has the crazy eyes because he's on cocaine. I think he's crazy eyes because he's mental. If you look at the content of the promo, it's actually it's it's pretty good. He puts okay. everyone yeah, over. He actually like, does. You know, he I don't puts, actually know what the he actually was, he even puts he? Terry Taylor over. He was like Terry Taylor is a superb wrestler, and I knew I was up for yeah, a big yeah challenge, yeah. but I overcame that and went to Terry. Like so, he put Terry Taylor over even then losing, even though Terry Taylor lost. Um, immediately after Koloff, sorry, fuck off, fucks off. <laughs> <laughs> um, James J. Dillon comes in because he is in the corner of two people for the. He's in Lex Luger's match. Sorry, Lex Lewis corner and in Flair's corner. And James Day, I think he gives the best promo. It's the best promo of Mike by far. It's so sick. Like, it's like if you were watching UFC. He's like and, a businessman, isn't he? Like, yeah, and a coach of one of the fighters in the UFC was doing a, an interview before the fight. It's it's so perfect. good. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It it's was so good. And James J. Dillon has actually been feuding with Dusty Rhodes for about four years at this point. And he talks and about that as well. He's yeah. a quite personal nemesis. Yeah. Dusty oh, Rhodes. It's like, so good. I was like, fuck yeah, man. Let's, yeah. let's, let's go do this thing. Like, really, you know? oh, really enjoyable. Really enjoyable promo. event of the evening and I wouldn't usually say that but it is it definitely is as a co-main yeah, event yeah. of the evening and it is a steel cage match for the NWA United States heavyweight title it is the total package Lex Luger who is the champion against the American Dream Dusty Rhodes who is the challenger Dusty had previously challenged Luger in early August yeah sound August yeah. Yeah. in early August but lost via disqualification for backdropping Luger over the top rope so then they, were, they had a rematch in September, but Luger lost this time via disqualification because James J. Dillon interfered. So this is the rubber match, and they have the steel cage set up, so there's no backdropping over the top rope, there's no interference going to come, and it's just going to be one-on-one inside the steel cage for the United States Heavyweight title. Yeah. Um, what, do you want to go first, or who wants yeah, to go? Yeah, you go ahead there. Before sure. I do anything else, I'm just going to oh, say, yeah. lovely. Uh, oh, lovely cat! A lovely little cat! This um, was, yeah, this and oh sorry, there's not a stip- This is Dusty's first go at the US title. He's never held it, 
There was also and had a stipulation that he wouldn't be able to wrestle for ninety days. Ninety days. I thought they should have just done it forever. Like yeah, it was a bit random. It was ninety days, but they were kept going on like all of his. If he can't wrestle for ninety days, yeah, he's never gonna be able to wrestle again. Yeah, yeah. didn't really understand what that was about. It's a summer break. Exactly, three months off. Like it's not that. It's not that big of a deal. Teacher, like it's grand. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This this match was. I mean. It was good. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I'm going to say I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed, enjoyed it as well. Yeah. yeah. But I think what takes away from it for me is that the next match is also in a steel cage. It's also for a title. It's the co-main event. I thought that was a bit but, strange. But, but, but we, we kind of discussed it. Remember the last time when we were watching WF and there was Savage and Steamboat and it was followed by yeah. Roberts and Honky Tonk and we were kind of saying, here you have to have a low after a high. And then you were saying in Japan they don't do that. Yeah, this time they. This is the type of thing where they have a good one and a good, well, you know what I mean. They have a high and a high yeah. as opposed to. I know yeah. the matches aren't probably as high as that Steamboat Savage affair, but no. it was still. Um, yeah, no, like it was. Excuse me. It was. It was good. I thought the psychology in this match was fucking excellent. I really thought it was great because, and like Jim Ross comments on that quite a bit, where uh, like Lex Luger, he's, he's a young guy, he's a champion, you know, and. He has to kind of keep his confidence up mm. um, against Dusty Rhodes, the legend. Like you know, yeah, yeah. the the fucking legend. multiple time world champion. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I thought that was I thought that was really well put across. Like you know, like yeah. you can, it's Jim Ross. Just yeah, 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 Ross. Exactly. Just, yeah. It's, a, it's a bit strange. The best in the game. It's like. a bit strange seeing Luger in the kind of robe thing. Yeah, He's in that yeah. kind of like you know that old school kind of heel job. Uh, I'd say that's it's fucking that's the Ric Flair. He's part of the four horsemen at the time. But also, he's being groomed. Um, yeah, yeah. Player, it's a bit disappointing when you see what Luger does later on, especially in his WF run. Yeah, because he is capable of having a decent. That's match. that's kind of what I was thinking. Is like I remember Lex Luger from nineteen ninety four, and he was in the stupid American shy. crap. Yeah. Well, how, how, like seven years earlier, he looked less green then mm. than he does like in ninety four. Yeah. He's, he's decent in this yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, is this, I uh, think Dusty Rhodes might be helping him a lot more than uh, yeah, of Zuna would later. Oh, like, but um, fair enough. Yeah. Is like, this um, mullet number eight? I think I think we can yeah. get Lex Luger. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a mullet. Muller. 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 Motherfucker. Motherfucker. I really I like the the way like this match before it starts, the way it's announced in the ring, it like it really sounds like a serious fight and it's uh, like title, built up a like a match. boxing yeah. match. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. Like as we've been saying the whole time, it's presented as a serious sport, like yeah. There's a great bit at the start of this match where Luger's walking around and he's like, he's doing the, the flexing yeah. and all. And yeah, then Dusty Rose just keeps just like... I know, and then Dusty... Does yeah, the yeah, yeah, he just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gets down on one knee and all. He's like, yeah. And the crowd fucking love it. Yeah, they love it. Oh, they absolutely so love good. it. I was re- like, I, I know it's part of the storyline, but I was my head was melted every time they called the sleeper hold a weaver lock. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, please, for a moment. That was your man Weaver outside, yeah. though. Johnny Weaver, an old yeah. school wrestler from like the 60s and 70s. Was holding the key to the to the cage door outside, and he's Dusty's mate, and he was stopping basically James J. Dillon interfering, and they just kept. It was basically the torture rack, Luger's torture rack, which fair fucks to Luger for getting Dusty over his shoulder, fucking hell. shit, and versus Dusty's sleeper, which they kept calling a weaver lock, which really wrecked my head. I also like the fact that this was the old school classic mesh cage as opposed to that WWF yes. blue steel bar yeah. one. It was a much. It was a much. Um, it's a grittier looking thing yeah, and it's a more yeah. of, it looks more violent and it looks more 
dangerous. So like, you know, sort of way. the only cage match we've seen up to this point was Hogan and King Kong Bundy. Yeah. How would you compare this match to that? Oh, Ooh. this one I'm showing. I think this yeah. one's much better. Definitely, both of them do. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they do. do. Yeah. Far, of course. Well, they contain. I would say all four wrestlers are better than Hogan and Bundy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Luger <laughs> was probably comparable. I think. I think. No, well, I like, think Luger gets a hard time. Because he's I think Luger gets a hard time yeah, as well. I think Luger gets a hard time. I don't know. Like he's he not was. that bad. No, no. In this, he was good, but yeah. I've, I've seen some awful. No, 1995 Luger, and when he teamed with Bulldog around 96, was bad Luger. I don't think yeah, sorry, yeah. it was 95 as well. But so it's after what, like 10 years being on the road, just fucking doing. I, 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 can, I can only, I can only kind of uh, speculate how many drugs they were doing. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, but ex- again. The WF wanted something different out of him. They wanted the punch kick Hogan shit. Yeah. They wanted him to replace Hogan. They wanted this hulking bodybuilder motherfucker yeah. to replace Hogan when he pissed off. And Luger wasn't the man for it because Luger wrestled good and they wanted him to wrestle bad. Does that make yeah. sense? Luger, Luger wrestled good. <laughs> Luger good. That's actually how Luger, Lex Luger talks. About. Luger good. Hogan bad. Yeah. Not so viciously. No, he's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. The finish, I loved the finish of this match. I thought it was great. You're gonna have to remind me again what the finish was. Um James J. Dillon. I don't know if it was actually what was meant to happen. He clocks Johnny Weaver outside, nicks the key, but then drops it yeah, and yeah, yeah. But he lobs the steel chair over. Yeah, and, it hits and as Luke, the edge. Yeah, but as Lugo's bending down to pick it up, Dusty hits oh, a DDT on the chair yeah, and pins him. I thought that was a fucking great finish. It was I, I really liked that finish. What, what, the what? match the match wasn't you know, it wasn't yeah, you know over gonna, the top kind of great. Blow the world up, but yeah. it was oh, it was enjoyable, and that f- that finish really, I really. One thing finish. about the finish that kind of confused me was though, and I suppose it's not, it's it, I'm kind of just nitpicking here, yeah. Um, but like, so the ref was out, right? Wasn't yeah. he? So I didn't see the, the no, chair. No, 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 I don't. Think he, I don't. He, yeah, he was. He was in the corner. He didn't see the. Whole oh, thing. he was looking at Johnny Weaver. who was on the deck, maybe. So, yeah, yeah he didn't ones, see it anyway. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I actually think he woke up because he he jumped up and so oh, maybe he did. The yeah. chair was down. Yeah. It was there. Luger was com- uh, clearly fucking KO'd. Yeah. <laughs> and Dusty Rhodes is pinning him. And the referee jumps on top of the chair. Like, he has his chair, oh, the chair <laughs> on, like, on his chest. And he's like, one, two, three. Did you not fucking stop the thing well, for a like, second? I don't think it's a cage match. Cage match, no disqualification. No, this one, de- I think this one did have, like, the next one they specifically say, no t- no, uh, no time limit, no DQ. They, sp- yeah. they, they explicitly say it. Yeah. Not so much in this one. They didn't, okay. they didn't mention it at all. Yeah, I don't know. I, I always just kind of take it for granted that if it's a cage oh, yeah, match, yeah. there's no DQ. But yeah. like, they don't utilize the cage as much in this match as they do in the next one. Probably, no, they, no, 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 probably no. because they knew what the finish of the next yeah. one was going to be, so they decided not to. Although Dusty does blade, so that might be blade number five. Is probably. it blade number five? Blade it? number five. It was a four and one match, so that's yeah, blade number five. I mean, like, it's not, it's not quite up there with the mullet count yet, but it's no. getting there. Um, can I just ask, like, Dusty... Does, does, did he use the DDT as a finish a lot? Because like I can't really remember. Uh, it, he used the bionic elbow. Yeah, more so this, so. this just a once off, like maybe not as a once off, but he kind of like it was a move he would have used. Luger, I'm gonna call Luger as one of my underrated. I'm a mark for underrated. Him and Aaron Bang, Bang, No, Aaron Ronson's rapid. <laughs> yeah, all right. Luger isn't rapid. All right, but Luger is one of the lads that I'm like. I like Luger and if you don't, fuck you. <laughs> He's one of those lads who gets bad rap, but I'm gonna call him as one of my. One of the wrestlers I enjoy who's a bad wrestler, let's say. Or not known to be a good wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Is that okay? I'm not a huge fan. I wouldn't say he's the total package. He's oh. got some things going for him. Maybe, maybe the half <laughs> package. You need to live. Yeah. Need to live. 
Sorry. Sorry yeah. about that. Can we, can we, can we, like, I don't know. I, I don't understand the, uh, the lack of attention that people pay to Dusty Rhodes in terms of his physique. The fact that he's a fat fuck. Yeah. I, I don't mean to speak to you there, but he's so out of shape. He's so out of he's shape. He's so over. It's well, like, like it's he's, okay. he's out of shape, but he could go. Like he, no, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so. No, I'm not. I'm not Vince who wants everybody yeah. to have. Like, Cause no, 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 me neither. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I want him to at least look like Aaron Anderson, who's well, like, got body fat percentage high, but he still looks right. tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like his cardio is grand. I, I don't know. I'm not, I like, don't, don't get See, that pissed it, off. But no, not, okay. I'm not oh, saying, no, I'm not getting pissed, pissed off or anything. It's, like, just, I, I just, it's, it's never mentioned. It's like, never yeah, mentioned. Yeah, well, like he, he but he has a different fat body to, like, let's say, the Rikishis of this world. Yeah. yeah. Rikishi has a, is fat, but it walks. I don't, don't know. Obviously, it walks because yeah. the lad is a legend and yeah. he's a Hall of Famer, but... Dusty just very has different so much charisma he can just... It is. His charisma outshone his... Everything else, yeah, his physique and probably his in-ring work as well. But that was pretty good as well. His in-ring work is great. Oh yeah, it's... he does a blade job as Dusty Wood because he has that fucking horrible forehead. Yeah, oh, stop. Yeah. I always get really kind of, like uncomfortable uh, when I see wrestlers who have scars all over their forehead. Why do they? Like... Why do they do a vertical? Why do you do a vertical? Go with the Look grain. Upward, right at, at the fucking the, the lip of the hair yeah. or where, where your hair where cuts off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a scar that weird scar. Anyway. This match came to a close at 16 minutes and 23 seconds when James J. Dillon tossed a chair over the top of the cage. Luger, there was a double down, both lads were down. Luger got up, bent over to pick it up, but Dusty leapt to his feet and cracked Luger with a DDT onto the chair, pinned him to become the new NWA United States heavyweight champion. In, well, I think we will all agree that it was a pretty decent match. Yeah, it was great. It was good, enjoyable. Yeah, really and enjoyable. enjoyable. Yeah, really enjoyable. Yeah. Dusty Rose was wearing cowboy boots, though. Which I'm not going to go mad about because I like Dusty Rhodes but also he was wearing cowboy boots and they're shit. They are. Why are they they're so shit? Like, so what about kind of like a cowboy boots versus like real boxing boots? So you see lads going around the... Yeah, not, not, so much, right. not so much back now but back in like this time but like I don't know lads, lads who wear the kind of wrestling the, like Olympic wrestling shoes and yeah. they have kick pads over them. Yeah. I don't I like that. I don't mind that. Yeah. I, like, I like the way a lot of old school lads had... Um, their initials just on the side of their boots. A lot of yeah, yeah. Ronnie Pipers and Paul Orndorff's. Sorry, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Mr. What? Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> they call him Mr. Wonderful. Um, yeah, so Ronnie Garvin and Ric Flair both. Hold on, with Right. <laughs> they both pretty much have the same thing going yeah. on with their trunks and their boots. The they same do. little initials and the same they font. Do. the NWA World Heavyweight title and it is the champion Hands of Stone Ron Garvin I love that name yes versus the nature boy Ric Flair who was the challenger this time and the reason behind this match Garvin defeated Flair in a steel cage match on September 25th 1987 
with a diving sunset flip. But Garvin was only used as an interim champion for two reasons. One, they didn't want to have Flair as the champion going into Starcade for the fourth Starcade in a row. And two, and more importantly, they wanted to build a heated story of Flair chasing the belt as opposed to being the champion because the WF had the Survivor Series on the exact same night. So they wanted they to, have to create something, some sort they needed of create something to try and draw people to their show as opposed to the WF show. Now, in fairness, Starcade started at 4pm and Survivor Series started at 7pm. So yeah. you could watch both. You could kind of watch both, but Vince, being Vince, like we said earlier, yeah. he wasn't, wasn't having any of it. No, yeah. he wasn't. Um, uh, yeah, so that was basically the reason why Garvin got the belt in the first place. He was 42, 43. They wanted to make an interim champion and he was thinking, listen, I'm in my 40s. I'm never going to get a major title again, so I may as well just take this and hold it for like two months and then do the job yeah, in the rematch. And uh, before we get into the actual yeah. match, just want to say some things about before the match. Yeah. Ric Flair's entrance is... Quite good. It's... By far, like I know, like we didn't get all the uh, the, the real music, the real music the real or anything entrance, else, yeah, but yeah. his is the most epic entrance, which is what you would expect. It's a, a, is, is that a, is that mullet number nine? Ric Flair does have mullet number nine, I would say. What do you feel about Ron Garvin's hair? It's kind of like a mullet, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost a mullet. No, it's true. He's on the way to a mullet. Yeah, he's on the I way. I say we call it number ten. Can we no, we call it nine and a half. Nine and a half. Right, nine and a half mullets. Yeah. Can we also talk about how deadly that belt is, though? The big old belt. The big old belt's probably my favourite belt of all time. I feel like when Do you not like the John Cena spinner? (laughs) (laughs) Which one? (laughs) I almost thought you were I was like, what the hell? Like I mean I like the the classic Eagle WWF title. Yeah, same here. I was a fan of the 1998 Intercontinental. The Intercontinental belt. The big oval one. I feel though like when they brought the big gold to the WWE. They ruined it because it's Triple H had a massive eagle as well. Oh it's different. It's like it's a big Big goal back then. Mm. It's fucking massive. Huge. It's beyond uh, Ronnie Garvin's belly button up. Yeah, his yeah. nipples. Like, can um, we talk about how fucking stiff this match is? Holy this, shit! This match they kick each other's balls in for is, fuck's sake. I don't know. It's fucking stiffer than a piece. One of the stiffest matches I've ever seen. What a what a euphemism! Amazing. Yes, it I was like very it. stiff. They cracked the bollocks out. Oh, stop. The amount of chops and forearms and European uppercuts, face to the, slaps to the, the face. face. There's even a bit where like <laughs> uh, Flair has Garvin in the corner and they they break up and Flair like you know slaps him across the face and Garvin swings a dig at him. Garvin swings like a legit dig <laughs> yeah. and Flair has to like lean his head back and he misses him by about two inches. It's they beat the piss out of each other and a lot of people don't like Ronnie Garvin. Because they think he didn't deserve a belt. Whether he deserved a belt or not, that's fine. But like, tell me, did the great Khali deserve a belt? Yeah. yeah and then yeah, come yeah, back yeah. to me about Ronnie Garvin. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, fuck off. Well, I fucking something that I've noticed during this match as well is that Ronnie Garvin keeps pulling down Ric Flair's trunks. Just yeah. shows I know you see his arse. You yeah. just constantly see his arse. Like, yeah. and it might not always be on camera, but there's a few times where like he's just like, just pulling <laughs> them down. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna say Ric Flair's trunks are weak. Yeah, the, the white makes a tan pop and the tan makes the white pop. Especially, <laughs> That's exactly what Especially happens. with the hair. Especially, yeah. with hair. Especially with that bleachy blonde white hair. But the two of them kick each other's asses and it's... I, I enjoyed this match a lot. I enjoyed it as well. Yeah, yeah, this this match was almost like a Japanese style, strong style match. Yeah. They just beat the shit out of each other mm. and it was deadly. Yeah, and no, it was the really commentary good, yeah. was deadly and the whole thing except, just felt like a real... Except for one thing. Yes. The Garvin stomp. Yes. You know, oh I, my I, god! 
that's fucking up there with the junkyard dog headbutts. Read that sentence off. The Garvin stump is on par with JYD headbutts. There you go. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's terrible. He stopped like if you've never seen the Garvin stump, he stumps. What's he called? The garbage man or something? Was it or the who? He called. They call it the garbage man. The Garvin stump. The Garvin stump. Okay, I was obviously fucking locked. But he stumps like shoulder, elbow, hand, like hip. Knee, foot, and then around the same, and then comes up the other side doing the same things. It's just like I know, obviously, if you do stomp someone's ankle or wrist, it's horrible, but he does it so poor, it looks yeah, it's so retarded. It's, yeah, like, it's, it's really just, bad. Oh, it's very bad. Is, uh, it's so Ra- fake. Randy Orton sometimes does that now as kind of a tribute to him, but he yeah. actually his stomps look way better than Ronnie Garvin's stomps just look like a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, like Randy Orton, but Randy Orton, like, Orton like, it and it looks like he's just kicking the shit out of them. Yeah, whereas, Ronnie Garvin looks like he's like you know where, where he's stop- the reason he's doing it is because that's the Garvin stomp it's just yeah. it's fairly shit that's literally the only bad thing about this match yeah. in my opinion I love probably, that's probably the fakest looking thing on the entire pay-per-view yeah. right? seven matches as well Flair does the the, uh, the blade job in this match I'm, I know it's happened I'm sure it's happened multiple times with his hair oh his hair makes the, the so visual cool. of the the blood in his hair yeah. looks fucking Excellent. Yeah, it mm. just looks so vicious. I love the and way dirty. Like Flair is known for his knife edge chops, where he kind of swings them with the backhand. Yeah, yeah. But I love the way uh, Garvin just swings big overhand knacker chops to his like basically his, his neck. Face. And oh, it's you. Like, the sound yeah. of them chopping each other is oh, ridiculous. It's scary. I think we fuck. we do need to talk about the fact that like this is 1987. We can only assume they're not smart marks, but. This match is Flair, who's part of the Four Horsemen. Every other Four Horsemen's got booed out of the building. Flair yeah. is getting chanted and he's getting cheered. They love, they love Flair. Yeah. There's a big Garvin sucks chant throughout the match. He's yeah. basically the John Cena of NWA. It's very, it's very bizarre like, because I was confused by it because they booed the Horsemen again. Well, obviously they were they're going to boo anybody who was against the Road Warriors. It doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even if they put the Rock and Roll Express in front of the Warriors, they were probably going to boo them. And um, they booed Luger, obviously he's against Dusty, but they fucking love Flair. Even though he's meant to be the heel, they Is it that they love him. Flair or they just hate Garvin that much? I can't I can't honestly Eesh. give a good answer to that because it's I don't like, because nobody thought Garvin was gonna beat him, they thought this was just a match and Flair's fucking, you know. Yeah. Did it. Um Garvin do, he does the sunset flip, diving sunset flip once in this match, and like Jim Ross kind of alludes to how that's how he beat him the first time. I would have liked if they might have kind of threatened it maybe a yeah. few more times to kind of say that's how he beat him the first yeah. time and maybe you know Freya doesn't he hits him with it once maybe but he tries it two or three times I don't know there's a lot of close falls in this match though isn't there a lot yeah yeah. but it's it's such a stiff affair they beat oh, the piss out of one another great match yeah really good Freya match Freya does the old classic top rope spot as well he, he climbs up and Garvin slams him off the top and of course he also does his uh, his classic Ric Flair bump falling on his face yeah. oh yeah it. and he's, he's kind of walking up to the Towards referee the he's going to say like you know what and the fuck just takes the face face boom. Boom. Yeah, yeah. it's brilliant so good I, I think I, one of my favourite parts of this match is actually uh, besides the stiffness which I fucking love is um, Ric Flair's facial expressions like I know he sells it oh so man yeah. he's so good yeah. he's just so good he yeah makes I think that's where we can call it in this match I think so yeah comes to a close at 17 minutes and 25 seconds when Flair Garvin runs towards Flair, Flair hot shots him up, flapjacks him, and I love the way they did it. They didn't just have Garvin hit the cage, they purposely pointed out that his head hit the steel bar yeah. that holds the mesh, yeah. and then Flair kind of rolls him up and pins him and becomes 
the new NWA World Heavyweight Champion for I believe the seventh time. Jesus. I will go to Downforce, Thoughts on Starcade and Best and Worst, etc. Like that job. Yeah, I mean it was just interesting to see the contrast in what the NWA was offering compared to what we've been seeing so far from WWF. Um, best match of the night or as I famously would say best night of the match yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to go with the main event and that's what you want from a pay-per-view is to build up and have the crescendo at the end I thought the Flair Garvin match was the best match of the night had everything you could want from a main event um, and like they're not really a worst match but I'd have to go with the scaffold match mm. um, I'm sure it was better at the time but just for me like I just didn't get that kind of sense of anticipation of those bumps and then when the bumps did come they weren't mm-hmm. that great so uh, yeah I'd, I'd say that was probably the worst but there was no real really bad matches on this compared to like the two minute finishes that we've been seeing on WWF pay-per-views up to now so really good shots yeah. easy mm-hmm. to watch compared to everything else we've seen yeah. production wasn't quite as good but it was presented much more seriously and the commentary was deadly Dave <laughs> now, follow <Wow>. <laughs> um, I'll start off with my uh, my my best match and worst match. Um, for me, my favorite match anyway was the the tag team championship match. I fucking loved that match. Closely followed by the main event, but purely not purely based on its stiffness, but probably about eighty percent based on its stiffness. Um, I'm gonna agree with them there. The the worst match is probably the scaffold match. I felt it was kind of disjointed kind of all over the place and the bumps as well they just didn't kind of they didn't hit where they were supposed to hit um, as for the, the show overall um, I, I really enjoyed it I enjoyed it quite a bit more to be honest than the, the previous few um, Wrestlemania events that we've been watching or the WWF events that we've been watching and um, um, there was a few things though that kind of got my goat a little bit uh, one of them being the uh, like like Darren was saying like you know they were, they were all kind of good matches and that you know, and I, I agree. Towards the end, there was a crescendo of kind of you know the the whole thing there. But watching it, you know, they were just kind of okay. This is a match here now. This is good. This is another match here now. This is pretty good too. Another match here. Yeah, this is good. Um, I think up until the last three matches, I was a little, just a little bit bored. Just a little bit bored. I I found anyway. Okay. Um, but that's a little. I will fucking agree. The commentary. Amazing, and I think that the, the real saving grace for the first half of the show. Cool. Um, I would agree with you, Dave, on the best match. My favorite match was that tag team title match, the Warriors versus the Horsemen. I thought it was just phenomenal. Like, obviously, a lot of it was to do with the fact that the uh, the Warriors were so over because they were in their hometown of Chicago. But it was just fucking great. Yeah, it was just a really enjoyable match to watch, and the crazy shit the Warriors pulled off their feats of strength with those presses and all that and the fact they could do those jump six feet in the air and hit a drop kick and all yeah the only reason that I would stuff. probably go against that match is just the fact that they didn't just put the titles on the Warriors that's if they had it that like, yeah. would have preferred yeah. it that's like, so finish, fair just yeah. um, the worst match of the night for me was the UWF heavyweight title match between Steve Williams and Barry Windham it just I fell flat for me I understand why you used to pick the scaffold match it was a bit Bit kind of fucking tune for it was all over the kit kind of really, but that match just uh, I had no I was so bored by it and I was like what the fuck was that when the finish came, so that really did and I know those two lads are capable of better than that, which really annoyed me. So yeah. I was kind of that's why I'd call that the worst. The overall show 
very very different product to the WF stuff we've watched so far um, just it, like you said at the start Dame, promoting it as a real sport as opposed to cartoon characters or comic book characters you know that sort of way just all the lads are basically wearing the majority of people are just wearing trunks and boots with their mm-hmm. initials on it you know that sort of way yeah. a few singlets here and there the most outrageous character is like Sting and even, yeah. even then at this point in his career he's still kind of normal he just yeah, has the face paint yeah. But yeah, and the commentary is like uh, we've had the crack with Jesse Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon to this point, but when you really compare them to the likes of good old JR, you're like, they're shit. Yeah, do you know <laughs> what I mean? No time. mention for Shivani, just good old <laughs> yeah. JR yeah. on his own. No, come on, like Shivani, he's in, he's in his, he was never great, but he's in his youth here, and yeah. he's not really great. So I'm not going to give him the kind of. It's funny because you, sure like, you kind of think of Shivani as the voice of WCW. Yeah, I always do. Yeah, it's it's completely J.R. Oh, well, no, it's JR, yeah, it is. Yeah, but like no, but I, it's the same. It's the is, same lineage. It's the same company. It's he like, is the voice of this completely. I mean, like even yeah. though he's meant to be the color man, I think. And Starcade in my eyes is Starcade eighty seven is should watch it. Yeah, definitely. I'd yeah. say it's definitely the most enjoyable show we've watched so far. Yeah. I was just about to say the yeah. exact same thing. It's by far, I think by far the it's most the enjoyable most show we've watched. It's the most consistent show so far. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I, I know I made the whole comment about being bored of the first half of the thing. Yeah. And like, but by bored, taking that with a pinch of salt, I don't I mean I was falling asleep or anything. I just mean kind of like, you know, it was just like, the opener was probably the most decent of the first half. And then it took to the last three to get like, into I'd, yeah, yeah. well, I'd say nothing probably reached the heights of uh, Steamboat and Savage. No, but like, yeah, yeah. everything was so far above your like your, King Kong Bundy yeah, versus fucking yeah. Hillbilly, Hillbilly Jim, 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 and Jim, 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 Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like, I mean, there was there was no real low points on this show. Or George Steele versus Randy Savage from WrestleMania Two. Like, yeah, horrible. <laughs> yeah. I really, I really, I did like George Steele in that match. That was good. <laughs> I don't like um. Slating um, El Randy because he's rap- rapid, but like that was a bad match. Yeah. Anyway, you can watch that episode if that's if you want to see how we felt about that match. <laughs> but yeah, so Starcade nineteen eighty seven. Um, right before we close up, if you like what we do, uh, give us a little like on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash bj podcast. I think it is. If it's not, just search there's not going to be there's not going to be many there's not going to be many um, yeah so Starcade 1987 I enjoyed it I think you used to enjoy yeah, it definitely, yeah definitely yeah. yeah so we'll see us or talk to us or whatever the crack is next time for WF Survivor Series 1987 Woo. Yeah. lovely cans <laughs> <laughs>